Hello everyone, welcome back to season five of the Drone to 1K podcast. I am your host, David Young. Thank you so much for tuning in to another season. This is episode one, the very first episode of what is going to be 10 episodes this season, uh, just like every other season we've had so far. Um, I know a lot of you guys get excited about a new season because, hey, we've got some episodes coming up. You can stop re-listening to a bunch of old episodes uh, that you've been listening to in the car. Uh, We've been working hard to bring you good and fresh guests, so I'm really excited about this new season. We've got uh, a lot more variety of guests. We've got people who are in agriculture. I interviewed a farmer that also uses drones and then uh, actually runs drone services. For other farmers, we interviewed people who are doing a lot of mapping work. Uh, One of them was an engineer doing like floodplain analysis. That was really interesting. Uh, And today we're going to have with us Dusty Jolly. He's out in Arkansas and he's done a little bit of everything. Some mapping, some cinematography, uh, just a really broad range of services that he has done in his short time as a drone pilot. Well, relatively short time. I think he's been doing it for about a year or two. You'll find out more details on the podcast. Oh yeah, he's also done a lot of FPV stuff. So really a great all-around player. And one of the things I'm most excited about for this podcast episode is that Dusty is our newest team member here at Drone Launch Academy. I'm not going to tell you what he's doing, but it will impact you potentially. So listen to the podcast to find out what Dusty is doing and uh, what we're up to at Drone Launch Academy, what we're going to be rolling out and releasing here in the next few weeks, hopefully. All right, if you're new to the podcast, there are a couple ways for you to win free stuff. So one of the ways is that you can play like a really, really easy game. So there's a link uh, either in the email that you got about this podcast or if you're watching this on YouTube, should be below the video. It's called Two Truths and a Lie. Basically, there's just one question. You have to pick out uh, what are the two truths and which one is the lie. I think you just have to pick the lie. And uh, you'll know by listening to the podcast episode today. So we'll pick some random factoid about Dusty. If you answer that right, uh, then you go into a pool to get picked for a prize. And I think we give away something like five prizes, Uh, a t-shirt, a hat, a mug, uh, I think a free course, and then you get, uh, or a call with me and Dusty, like a 15 minute call. You can ask Dusty whatever you want. You can ask me whatever uh, whatever you want. Um, We can just have a good time, get your drone questions answered. If you have questions about business or um, if you just wanna shoot the breeze for 15 minutes, that's fine. Um, But you can win one of those. All you got to do is do it within the first week, so you have to put your answers in before next podcast episode comes out, because in the next podcast episode email, we'll say who the winners are, and we'll get you guys claiming your stuff. Another way, if you just want a free t-shirt, as a thank you for leaving a review on our podcast, we send out some free shirts. So if you just want to get a free t-shirt, you can leave us a review. We give away t-shirts as a thank you for people taking the time to leave reviews. So if you want to leave an honest review of the podcast, what you really think of it, um, leave a review, screenshot that review so we can see that you wrote it, and then email that to us. Email, Email it to david at Drone Launch Academy, and then also copy George. J-O-R-G-E at dronelaunchacademy.com. Include the screenshot. We'll get your shipping address and we will mail you a t-shirt for saying thanks. Um, We don't want you to lie. Leave an honest review. Uh, If it's a good review, throw it on there. If it's a bad review, you can throw it on there if you want. Or you can just email us and say, hey, here's my constructive feedback about the podcast. All right. So that's the way to win free stuff. Two truths and a lie game with the link around the video or in the email or leave us a review for a free shirt. And one last thing before we dive into the episode, we give away some course discounts just for podcast listeners. This isn't published anywhere, but if you go to dronelaunchacademy.com slash D1K, letter D, number one, the letter K, uh, that'll give you bring you up a page with some exclusive discounts on it if you wanna get in any of our courses there. All right, that's it on the announcements and the fun stuff. Let's dive into the interview. All right, everyone, welcome back to the Drone to 1K podcast. It is season five, and I'm pumped because I'm here uh, with my buddy, Dusty Jolly. Thanks for being on the podcast, Dusty. Mm, thank you for having me, David. I appreciate that. Uh, consider it an honor. All right. Dusty's coming out, uh, coming to us all the way from Arkansas today, and uh, I've got some fun news about Dusty. I'll save it for, for a little bit into the podcast, a little bit later, but Dusty is uh, is going to be helping uh, Drone Launch Academy. He's going to become part of the Drone Launch team. But I'll wait till a little later in the podcast episode to give you, um, spill all the beans, but you might already know if you're coming in from somewhere else, maybe you saw an announcement somewhere. Uh, but Dusty is going to be on the Drone Launch team. We're launching something fun and new that I'm really excited about that he's going to be in charge of. So uh, 
So hang on for more details about that if you don't already know about it. Um, but before we get into that, I want you to know uh, more about Dusty. And podcast is a great way um, to do that. And Dusty has his own drone business. Um, he's been involved in the world of drones for a long time. So let's get into it and get to know the real Dusty here. So All Dusty, right. um, maybe take us back to the beginning. Talk to us about um, just your background and kind of what led you into drones. Sure. Um, yeah, it's in my background. Really, the only thing that leads me into drones was just my obsession with uh, anything RC stuff since I was a kid. Uh, ended up going to college, uh, got a degree, got actually ended up getting a master's degree in uh, science. And then halfway through my graduate degree, started doing medical device sales where I sold spinal implants for almost eight years. And it's kind of a long story, but transitioning from that to going into uh, a commercial property and casualty insurance broker, doing that for about seven years. Um, and so anyways, it was right in about 2019. I've always been obsessed with, with just drones, really, other than kind of the little SEMA helicopters that my mother-in-law would get me for every Christmas. Um you know, that was kind of my only experience with them at that point, but which I are pretty a, fun by the way, but they're a blast. I really, uh, yeah. you know, I've got a four year old right now that he, he, we've got pictures of us playing with one of them and, and uh, I'm going to get on Amazon and try to find the exact same one. So, um, so anyways, I had a coworker at that point, we were sitting in the break room one day and he had pulled out a video that he had done with just his Mavic pro of a guy's farm trying to go and just look for cows and, and show them what that could do. And, and man, I, I thought it was one of the most awesome things I've ever seen and, uh, had him email it to me. Uh, I grew up on a farm. And so I showed it immediate, immediately to my dad and he didn't seem to necessarily see the, uh, you know, I, he wasn't going to be buying <laughs> a drone anytime so soon to go <laughs> and check the cows. But, uh, anyways, I kind of just started at that point, getting online, doing some research about what I wanted and, purchased my Mavic 2, I think that was in November of 2019. Okay. Um, so, and really, we like to go RVing a lot. We take a toy hauler with this. We go side-by-siding. We try to spend as much time with the can outside with the kids. And so, I guess I really got it just to kind of document that and just to have some fun with in the beginning. Yeah. Um, but once, once I kind of got into it, I really started having a little bit more curiosity as far as what you can do with them, you know, I enjoyed it more than, than I expected to. And, um, then I guess it was the next March was, I was in new Orleans for a business meeting and we had gotten home. And that same week was when COVID basically shut everything down. Mm. And, um, so for the first couple of weeks, it was kind of weird, you know, going from an office with about 150 people in it to now sitting at home with, uh, with my two kids and my wife working remotely. Doing now, are you doing insurance at this point? I was doing insurance. So I was in commercial insurance sales. Um, you know, so I had a book of business that I had to take care of, especially helping people kind of navigate through um, just what was going on with COVID, you know, how the, uh, the government was kind of helping small businesses. And, and man, it, if you, you kind of have to know me from college and just younger back, but just uh, I was basically sitting in a cubicle um, the majority of the time, you know, dressing up every day. And I was just kind of hit me one day. I was like, man, this is just miserable. Um, not you. It was never me. Um, it was one of those things I wanted to try out and just kind of see, uh, you know, what it would look like. And it didn't take long for me to realize that it just didn't match my personality. And, you know, I was going to work and there's guys surrounding me that were in their seventies and eighties that were still coming into work. I just don't want to do this. You know, it's scary to even bring up the word retirement around them. Mm. Um, so being at home really gave us some perspective. Um, yeah. and so I just kind of told my wife, Jenny, I said, you know, what I really want to do is, is kind of just go ahead and get this part 107. That way I can try to grow this. There's no pressure to either way, but it's, I'm sitting at home. I've got time to do this. So started studying for the 107, um, got, Passed the 107, I think that was in June of uh, 2020, 2020 June of 2020. And so from that point, really didn't know where to go from there. Had some friends that were real estate agents, you know, signed up, of course, on uh, drone base, drone genuity, and just kind of 
getting my feet a little bit wet into the into the commercial drone world and uh, glad I did it that way. I think just kind of easing into it, not necessarily yeah. having a whole lot of pressure, um, but really treating it as more of just a learning experience. Um, kind of, and that's still the same way I look at it to the, each job to this day. Um, so was doing that and, uh, never thought that I was going to get into it. You know, I was big on the Instagram world at that point, just following people and, and, uh, the FPV thing started popping up and didn't think that I wanted to get into it, was interested, but always just got just encompassed by these videos that you were seeing. Oh yeah. They're cool. And so, so anyways, after that, I, you know, kind of started reading how to get started in that bought a, uh, bought a remote controller, downloaded the simulator and started just practicing at home, especially in the middle of COVID, it was almost impossible to get anything. So I think it took about a month and a half for all the parts to come in for me to try to assemble this thing on my own and to do, um, uh, to actually build the drone you're saying. Right. So yeah. to actually build the, uh, just the FPV drone. And, uh, so that was good though, to spend the time on the simulator to try to get the, the basics down on, on how to get one of these things, not only off the ground, but the hardest part was really getting it safely back to the ground without ending up in a tree or just smashing the ground in a million pieces. Um, yeah. What's the learning curve like on flying a regular drone? Would you say to flying FPV is it like a completely different experience or is it, is there, is there crossover? I would say there is some crossover. Um, you know, the, the, the idea of the controls are still the same, but it is a completely different experience. Um, you know, there's, there's so much more freedom, freedom when you're flying FPV in, in acro mode, which is kind of the acrobatic mode where you can, yeah. the drone's not going to sit still. You know, you can get it to basically do anything your mind can kind of come up with. Um, but I do feel like I can tell when I kind of get out of line of sight flying every now and then it does show me, you know, that's just as challenging or can be just as challenging depending on where you're at and what you're doing. But I do feel like doing the FPV has really made me a better line of sight flyer as well. Um, mm -hmm. You know, there's certain times where the drone is kind of in view, but maybe a little bit out of view. And I feel comfortable now looking at the screen and kind of getting a better idea, kind of how to, whatever it is I need to get around or navigate around to, to do that a little bit more safely. So, yeah. All right. So you got, let's see, COVID hit, get your insurance job. You got, you started building. I haven't quit FPV. my insurance job yet. I was going to say, yeah, so you got that you're building the FPV drone, kind of still messing around, and you got your 107, yeah. but you're still doing insurance. Still doing insurance at this point, still working from home. Um, that was, I, you know, I, I've always been kind of an outgoing sales guy. So as soon as I started getting into drones, it was one of those things, all my coworkers, anybody that was willing to listen to me, Jenny, of course, was getting just an earful about it. And then the FPV thing happened, and then it was a matter of, who could I show these videos to? And so uh, I was at an insurance meeting for a bunch of construction professionals. And next door, there was a guy that had a, uh, a distributor for, I'm not sure if you've ever seen these, but they're, it's called a Sherp. It's an off-road vehicle that basically can go on any surface. Uh, it's just, it, a you know, Sherp? yeah, it's S H E R P. And uh, I'm looking so I up. went up to the guy Met the guy. Oh, okay. And, uh, yeah, I think I've seen these. You know, I told him he was he had he had worked for a uh, I want to say it was Alltel here in Little Rock, and they had gotten bought out by Verizon, and he had gotten some sort of a severance package, and then ended up buying this distributorship with his severance. And um, I said, you know, what it must have been really a pretty cool. nice severance. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, unfortunately, I don't think he's still in business. But, you know, oh. <laughs> I went up there after this catfish launch at this uh, insurance meeting and and uh, approached him. And I said, you know, what would be cool is if you had an FPV video of this. And, uh, yeah. you know, I've only been flying FPV for about a month at this point. But uh, he totally agreed. And so we went out and did, you know, I didn't really charge him anything. It was more of just practice. But uh, I got to launch the Mavic out of you know, ride around the swamps out through the sunroof of this thing and uh, really get some cool, just kind of, I guess, the first experience of, of doing some FPV, chasing some stuff. and Nice. And, uh, you know, so that that was cool. Um, so anyways, after that, it was, uh, I'd always kind of been more interested, just wanting to learn more on the mapping side. I knew that if I was going to get into that, really the Mavic 2 was 
going to be better for just more of just the videos, the photography, not so much the orthos or, or the, uh, the mapping. So um, I was in the market for a Phantom uh, for Pro V2 at the time. And my best friend that owns a uh, la local landscaping business had connected me with a guy, Russell Burroughs, that lives less than probably two miles from me that owns Arkansas Drone Solutions. And so I had okay. no idea. Uh, he's also a DJI retailer. So I ended up approaching him, talking to him, uh, getting to know him and, and getting, I think by that December, I got my Phantom from him. And nice. we kind of started, I was like, hey, you know, I'm really wanting to learn about this. If you've got any projects, I'd love to just kind of shadow you or whatever you can teach me about this. And that's after downloading all the free trials of drone deploy and, and kind of, you know, and coming up with email addresses so you can download another trial at that point. And uh, so <laughs> Dustin really Jolly one, that. Dustin Jolly two at Gmail. <laughs> I'm sure there's somebody there that's catching on at some point. Um, uh, cause I couldn't change my address. Um, <laughs> but, uh, so that started kind of taking off. We started doing some things together and he started kind of working with me and, and kind of showing me the ropes a little bit, especially he's one of these guys, he's big on the software side and he wanted to learn a lot, you know, as much as he could about drone deploy or pix 4D or any of these other ones. And, and he really enjoys looking and comparing and seeing what's the differences of the two or, or all the different ones and what does one do better than the other. And, and, uh, so all that started to kind of uh, take off. And, and also, I haven't mentioned that I also do kind of some welding on the side. I, I got big into that as kind of a hobby. Um, okay. So if I was fortunate enough with just having uh, the welding stuff, the connections with Russell. And uh, also in December, I'd also connected with Alex Cavanaugh, which is, you know, if you're familiar with him on Instagram, he is uh, drone.pilot. And so yeah, he's been big drone guy on Instagram. Yeah. So he's, he's been one of the first ones that got into it. You know, uh, I think he's been into it since either 2012 or something. Uh, you know, he was right on the front end. He's a great guy from Australia. And, uh, the first time that we ever met up, it's kind of a long story, weird story, how we met up, but, uh, he was originally living in California and I saw that he had moved through Instagram to Arkansas. So just reached out to him one day to send him a message and uh you know he didn't know anything about me but saw that he was in town again and turns out he was moving to little rock uh be closer kind of to his uh his fiance and her family and we ended up meeting at church and flying fpv together um he Were really you was like, kind of new hey you're in town i'm near you you want to meet up and fly some drones yeah i was you know i was like hey i'm right behind you and so he was thinking i was stalking him for sure you know um, no, but yeah, it was kind of weird because I saw he was posting on something on the stories that he was moving to Arkansas. And so, you know, one day on my lunch break, uh, I think on a Friday, I just met up with him there in Little Rock and we just flew FPV nice. for a couple hours and, and really hit it off at that point and started uh, getting together every now and then. And we had a record snowfall back in 2020, I guess, that was it was just outrageous how much snow we got here for Arkansas, but we got together and got some awesome shots of that. And, uh, you know, so those relationships with, with Russell and Alex started to grow at that point. And so between them and, and what I had going on with the welding, uh, and a lot of encouragement from my wife, Jenny, she, she knew seven years ago when I first got into the insurance world that that just wasn't for me. And so knew it was going to last. <laughs> she was always kind of telling me, she's like, uh, you know, it's aging, you know, she kept telling me just, you're not yourself. This isn't you. And so there is one point in time, she actually typed up a resignation letter to, uh, <laughs> and posted it above the bathroom mirror. And it was just sat there for a month. And then Man, she tried to get you to quit for real. Oh yeah. Then, yeah. And then, so she came to me a little bit later on with an ultimatum that was kind of, Hey, here's kind of your deadline. Let's figure it out before then nice. but this is, that's it and that was really just the the last nudge that i needed i guess to kind of really start looking at taking myself seriously on some of this stuff and really being appreciative and just how fortunate that i was to have these relationships and and these opportunities at this point um so kind of starting off on that russell and i 
I guess let me back up just one second. So in April, I did turn in my resignation after being there for seven years and went straight from sitting in office selling commercial insurance to just either being out in the shop doing some welding, making something, or uh, or just flying drones. And a little different. It's still, it's still to this day just is uh, you know man, it doesn't even to be honest with you seem real. So um, was this April of 2020? This was April of, uh, yeah, this is April of, no, this is April of 2021. 2021. Okay. So, cause yeah. you had, cause I said, that's like right at the beginning of COVID. So you still were like at the job through whatever mm-hmm. the first year of COVID got you. I was there for the first year. I actually had resigned in March, um, just kind of having the book of business and then wanted to work on the transition. They paid me for another month just to stay on, to help facilitate gotcha. relationships, gotcha. which was cool because I took some jobs. Um, you know, Russell and I had, first real good job that we had put together was with a, um, it was a geologist out of Alabama and the further up North in Arkansas, you go, you kind of get into different mountains. And, um, he had contacted Russell about wanting basically an ortho of this rock face coming in on one of the major highways coming into this town. Okay. Um, it was probably close to about three quarters of a mile of a stretch. And, you know, Russell was kind of in communication with him, but uh, Russell's kind of more of, he has a lot of other things going on. So he was, gave me the job and said, you know, do you want to go do this one? And so uh, I said, absolutely. And so first month after resigning, um, you know, doing the commercial insurance thing for so long, the first job was almost right at a thousand dollars with the Phantom. Uh, Nice. It was, it was, I probably walked about 10 miles that day and, and dodged about 50 <laughs> semi trucks, but man, it was so cool just to sit out there, you know, just flying my drone and not, you know, thinking about two weeks ago, I was at an office doing, you know, insurance stuff. So, um, yeah, no, you're out there making thousand bucks with your drone, making an ortho. So with that job, did you already know a decent amount about mapping and stuff like that and had practiced or were you kind of figuring it out at that point? Still, I still feel like I'm figuring it out. Um, you know, I've done several jobs, but a lot of, I had done several, a lot of different, uh, practice missions. Uh, drone genuity was really good in the beginning to throw me some mapping stuff. Uh, yep. drone basis kind of helped here and there, but it's one of those, I think the more you do it and the more of going back and seeing what you did wrong or what you could improve upon and just kind of figuring that out. Mm-hmm. Um, now the geologist, he gave some pretty strict parameters of what he wanted. You know, he wanted certain elevations, he wanted camera angles certain way, um, you know, and it was challenging, especially I think the first first run that he wanted, he wanted it about six feet away from the, the rock face at ground six level. Feet? So, I mean, yeah, I, you know, I, I didn't wow. really know what the end, the end game was on that. So, um, but that turned out he, he was very happy about that. And uh, that ended up leading to doing some more work for him at uh, the Branson Airport. So it was kind of a similar scenario, um, but that was kind of a unique one because you had to get, you know, your special authorization and, and your DJI geo, geo unlocked. And then even at that point, the Phantom still doesn't take off. So you're glad you brought the Autel with you. Yeah, so, yes. uh, yeah. So, I mean, that, you know, that one job turned out to be a really good learning experience, but also, you know, some some other work coming up in the future. Yeah, that's awesome. So do you do, uh, is most of your work now mapping stuff or you do like, what's, uh, tell us about, you know, of the jobs that you get now, what types of industries they're in or what types of work they're mapping or, you know, FPV stuff or other types of cinematography stuff. What are you, what are you typically doing? Sure. So, um, man, I'm about as spread out, I think right now as you could possibly get, um, you know, so when I work with Russell, I contract with him a lot. What we're really focused on there is, is more of the mapping and uh, mm-hmm. modeling. So we've worked with some some various construction firms on doing some mapping, some projects for them. Uh, we've worked with a couple of engineering firms going and kind of mapping out projects beforehand or at least just giving them uh, just kind of a flyover so that they've got that um, and then when I go work with Alex, my work is completely different. He's more of the artistic, creative side. And so he's really not so much just into the drones as he is just all the videography that goes into it. So he's right. got like your red V-Raptor cameras and, and all your Sonys, which has been really cool to learn that side of it. Um, 
you know, not knowing how much goes into lighting and sound. And, and uh, so the, the first project that Alex and I did was actually um, through one of his company, his company drone gear out in Los Angeles had, had got a deal with Amazon to do a promotional deal for the Tom Clancy movie without remorse. And uh, it was going to be, it ended up being 90 drone drops to different celebrities within nine different countries, all within, I think it was in 48 to 72 hours. Whoa. And so, uh, so Alex was in charge of orchestrating this whole project. You but, said a uh, drone drop. Yeah. So describe so that what, to me. What is a drone? So drop? what it was is, uh, so what it was, was Alex got a Matrice 600. He got a, uh, dropping mechanism, you know, that we installed. And then we went out one day and, and what they were wanting was kind of this military looking ammo crate with the Tom Clancy logo on it. And then they were going to drop off these, these packages to different celebrities with just kind of promotional things for this, for this new movie. And so we, you know, he came up here to, to Conway, Arkansas. We went to Lowe's and we started building these boxes and connecting them to this Matrice and, uh, Oh, snap. Making sure they were flying. And sure enough, before it was over with, we had, I think we had 12 of them all built. And they went off to just different parts across the world. And so that was that. Well, that's cool. Did you ever get to see the final, like, what did the final video look like for this? Uh, Actually, I think it's on Drone Gear or it's on uh, Alex's Instagram. He's got kind of a final highlight video. But, yeah, it was – the coolest part was really watching all the different stories coming in about it and just, and just seeing all these boxes that were designed here on this farm in Arkansas getting dropped to like T-Pain and, and Wesley Snipes. <laughs> and, and it's just like, if they only knew really, you know, that we were spray painting these things a couple of weeks ago. So <laughs> that's awesome. <laughs> so, so you're doing work like that some mapping stuff. Are, do you do any, is it FPV stuff just for fun or do you get any, I, I guess, you said you did one free job for that, uh, like ATV company, but are you doing much paid FPV work? Or is that just mostly for your, your fun? So that's, so that's also, um, man, that's, it is a lot of fun, but that's something I'm really trying to grow. Um, you know, so Alex also, we had started working with, there's a tool company called tough built tools and they were putting together a video series, uh, kind of like a, how it's made series, but it was more mm-hmm. of, one of the episodes was following basically the Arkansas timberland going through a sawmill process and then, you know, going to the shelves and then being used on a construction site. And, um, so we did several videos for them and that actually, I got to do a couple of different FPV shots for that, that series. Um, you know, and I've done, uh, really trying to get a lot more of that, that out there. Uh, that's one of those things I kind of do on my own, but also try to implement with what I've got going on with Alex. But yeah. it's, uh, I've done a couple of, of things for small businesses around here. I'm actually yeah. scheduled to, to this week, supposed to go do an Airbnb that was built into a, uh, an old like 1960s, uh, nuclear kind of, uh, missile base, like, under yeah. missile base. like a missile so we're going to go do like a, yeah. So we're going to try to go do like a uh, range test. Just to That's make sure cool. how the video and the radio signal is going to be out there. Yeah, uh, I wonder it, since those are probably pretty like armored. <laughs> yeah, but yeah. There's several rooms and everything is just thick, thick concrete walls. So it'll be it'll be interesting to see if we can do it one shot. Yeah, man. I've seen some of those. I, if you're listening, you might have seen some of these too. Like on Zillow, they would have like listings for like buy your own, you know, retired missile silo site and turn it into your house. And they have all these like renderings of like how it could look pretty cool. And you're like, oh, that's awesome. And then you look at the actual pictures and it's like old, dark, like concrete, you know, where he's like, this is the reactor room. I'm like, what are you going to do? <laughs> yeah. But uh, I think that's cool. Turn them into like cool places to stay. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, this one's it's definitely interesting. Um, That's so. There's funny. no windows though. Yeah, I was gonna say yeah, no windows. You have definitely underground. Um, man, so you got a lot of different stuff going on. So with your, I'm, I'm interested. Let's jump back to the mapping work real quick. So when you're doing the mm-hmm. mapping work, um, basically you're saying most of that just comes from you know your buddy that you've been working with. Uh, yeah, and you know he's got a he's a, a very large farmer here as well. He raises a lot of cattle, so he's got a lot of things going on. Um, you know, so what I've, I've been more kind of on the sell side of just trying to go out and generate some interest of us trying to go out and do some work with them. Um, you know, that's one of those things I, every project seems to be different. And so the mapping is also one of those things that, 
I think Arkansas, there's there's a lot of companies that have been very quick to adapt and pick up on that. But there's also some of these companies that, that don't necessarily see the benefit or yeah. and maybe honestly just the benefit really hasn't been properly explained to them at this point. Yeah. Um, well, cause I was going to ask on like on the mapping stuff, how are you go, how are you, um, how are you guys selling that? You know what I mean? Like are, who are you approaching or what kind of stuff are you saying to them to kind of land some of these jobs? Sure. Um, you know, it, one of the things that I've learned just being in sales for so long is that the most effective way to do anything is really just help somebody solve a problem. Yep. Um, so it's a lot easier to also sell something that you really enjoy and you, and you're passionate about. So it turns out drones is a lot more fun than insurance. Um, so it's easy for <laughs> me to say, go you can and, sell insurance. You could probably sell drones. So. <laughs> yeah. And you know, and I got used to the cold calls and knocking on doors. Um, I'd much rather be the kind of guy to just knock on a door and, and go visit with somebody in person. But, um, you don't have to be kind of a intrusive or anything about it. It's sometimes I would just either send out an email, Hey, introduce myself, you know, wondering if you're using drones at this point, if not, here's a couple of advantages about how it could save you time or just kind of increase workflow. Um, you know, and that has worked to some extent. A lot of times sometimes just getting on the phone and it will get you a meeting as far as just, but it's not about, you know, it's about coming across just kind of, Hey, I'm here trying to help you guys out, uh, you know, one way or another, that's really my main goal at this, at this point and trying to pitch it that way. Um, right. And not trying to do just a real hard sell about it. I, I've learned just over my years that you're not going to make the majority probably of your attempts at, uh, you're not gonna make the most sales doing that. It, it's, yeah, you know, so, um, so when you're, when you're, uh, doing your, your cold walk-in as I guess you call it, you know, what's your, what's your approach? Let's say you're going to go to like a construction company, walk us through just like a cold walk-in. You walk in, you see the receptionist, you're just like, Hey, what's up? I'm dusty. I'm here to sell you drone stuff. Like, what do you, what do you say? Yeah. Uh, well, I've also learned too, to do a little bit of research on the front end, All right. uh, you know, back you down. there's, I've made some some several bad sales calls of walking in and not knowing kind of what I was walking into. Uh, you know, we don't, I've got plenty of stories we can get in at some point on that. But, uh, so at least I'll try to figure out, just do a little research, whether they've got a website, find out who my contacts are, you know, who would be the owner, who's the project managers, uh, depending on the size of the company. And yep. then seeing on the website, if, if they have any drone photos or, or, you know, anything that hints around that they're already kind of using that service. Um, and again, this is one of those things I don't have perfected by all means, but, and then after that, I'll go up, just introduce myself, you know, ask if so-and-so is there or at least try to drop off a card. And, uh, you know, if I can get a meeting with them, I'll tell them about what I do and how I think that it could really benefit the company. And, you know, what are they currently doing that would maybe address some of these issues that I bring up a lot of times. I think some some pro, I think project managers seem to get it quicker than some owners. Uh, okay. you know, the guys that are more maybe because they're actually experiencing the those problems daily. Yeah, and those are the guys that are also wanting. You know, they've got to report back to somebody as well. So mm-hmm. you know, if, the more you can increase the efficiency for them, the better you're going to make them look as well. Yeah. Um, you know, and so it's kind of having those discussions, uh, just kind of telling the ways that I've seen that drones can help. Um, on construction sites or even if it's just keeping up with progress, anything like that. Do you have, you said you got some stories around, um, some bad walking experiences. Do you have any gets either from your insurance <laughs> days, medical device sales? What's one of the most painful memories you have from a, uh, a sales experience? Hmm. I can tell, I can tell you, I'll tell you two quick ones real quick. One, one being a cold call on the phone. Uh, the other being just, uh, a bad experience in medical device sales. And so, uh, so the one on the phone, I, we had, a, I had been working doing insurance for probably <clears throat> three or four years at this point, And we had some new guys coming in and I always had it sitting at my desk making calls because I was surrounded by customer service people or just people that weren't in sales, but they could always hear me, you know, how the call went, whether it went good or bad either way. It's just, just knowing that just, I couldn't be myself. And so I'd always go yeah. and lock myself into one of these conference rooms and, um, one of the, the new recruits had asked me to, you know, Hey, let me come and sit in with you. And I was like, that's fine. So, you know, I had my notes there and knew who I was going to call, um, found out that was, I didn't do my and this research. Was a cold call. This is a cold call. 
never talked to him. First time I'm, I've ever dialed that phone number. Okay. All right. Uh, so call and, and, uh, you know, the guy's sitting there watching me. He's got a pen and a notepad. Like he's going to learn something. Just <laughs> something about out of to, this to show him how the sales <laughs> yeah. gods really work. You know, I'm like, watch this, watch and learn. Yeah. yeah. And, uh, so I call, I asked for the guy and, uh, the guy's funeral was like a week before. And so it was just like, she's like, he, he died last week. And, you know, it was just like, Oh, he said he died. Yeah, his funeral was the week before I made the call. So it was, and I think I, t- I was talking to his wife at the time too. So it was just a, uh, it's one of those like you oh. didn't want to hang up, but uh, you know, you're, you're no like, oh, I'm so sorry. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Did he have life insurance? Yeah. 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 Exactly. Uh, then there was just another time we had another surgeon and that I was working with. So in medical cells, I would actually go into surgery. And, uh, we, you know, I was the guy selling screws and rods and plates and these, these things. And so, so you would go into surgery work. with these people. Yeah. So we were actually in the middle of the surgery, making sure that they have everything they need. Instruments are properly aligned. Screwdrivers are loaded correctly, that kind of thing. And, uh, oh boy. there was this one Indian surgeon that it was just known to be kind of a tough guy to get to work for. Well, somebody had called in sick and, uh, they, that was just right there. So they called me and said, Hey, do you want to go into the surgery and do this? And I was like, absolutely. And so I get in there and then, uh, first time I've ever really worked with a guy. First time I've really had a chance to just be one-on-one with a guy. I never had been able to get an audience. And, uh, anyways, he was complaining about my screwdrivers being too long. And so I was like, well, Hey, let me go get you a stool. And then I didn't realize that was the curse of death, like just right there at that point. But he was probably about a five foot two Indian guy. And, uh, he kicked me out of that room. I never got to go back in, never did another job with him again. And, uh, he kicked you out. Oh yeah. He kicked me out. It was, um, he was offended that you basically, it, it was an ego. Said, hit, man. I mean, like, he was the one who said they were too long. Yeah. I, I thought it was, you know, I had a solution to that problem, honestly. Yeah. <laughs> 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 How to offend short surgeons is a course yeah, you're going to put out. Yeah. That's, that's my backup plan if the drone thing doesn't take off. <laughs> oh, man. Well, bummer, dude. Uh, yeah, I know Serge, my uh, brother-in-law is a surgeon, although he is very nice and is a kind person. He uh, has told me many, many stories about other surgeons that he has worked with. They're not necessarily – and if you're a surgeon listening, I'm sure maybe you're the outlier to this group. But I've heard they're not necessarily the most patient-slash-forgiving – group maybe um they're so, brain surgeons too i mean they're neurosurgeons so yeah, it's, wasn't. Uh, you know yeah um anyways well man <clears throat> those are so i guess if you go through experiences like that by the time you get to talking to somebody about drones and um all that you know maybe it's a little bit you got you got thicker skin at that point huh oh yeah i mean it's it, you get rejected a lot more i think than than you actually get people that jump on board so yeah. Um, so are you, so at this point, so, you know, we're recording this May 20, end of May, 2022. Um, so as of today, you've, you've been, uh, working for yourself a little over a year, I guess. Right. So mm-hmm. between welding and drones, uh, you know, you're, you've been able to kind of make it work for yourself with, uh, you know, what you need income wise. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, man, again, I've been fortunate. It was, uh, right at the beginning of COVID, I'm sure, you know, how the housing market is and everything else. We were fortunate enough to get, we weren't even planning on selling our house, but we got just this crazy cash offer for our house. And so, uh, we moved about 15 minutes North where I grew up. Um, you know, just kind of really just be candid with you. We're living in my parents' pool house, which is where I lived in college with my wife and, nice. uh, my two kids and another kid on the way right now. And Ooh. so, <laughs> yeah, we're on about 115 acres. Uh, our goal is to build a house out here one day, but right now we're kind of making it work in this little thousand square foot shotgun house. And uh, so, uh, you know, we're fortunate enough just to not have a ton of bills, but be able to to do what we love and, and make ends meet at the same time. Yeah, that's awesome. Um I'm glad it's working for you, and this might be a good time to uh, to fill people in. So, uh, Dusty is actually going to be our uh, community manager at Drone Launch Academy for 
um, a, at least as of this point, it's new. If you're listening to this in the future, maybe it's not that new, but um, our, we're starting something called Drone Launch Connect, which is going to be our community for drone pilots. And Dusty's kind of head that up for us and be our community manager. Um, and I specifically wanted somebody who had an active drone business that they were in the middle of, but also had some time uh, to to work on this because I wanted whoever was going to run it to also basically be like a community member, right? So you can relate to everybody in there and uh, things they're going through and stuff they're trying to work on. So um, I'm excited to, that you're here uh, to get on with that uh, with us and get it fired up. Um, so just to fill everybody in when I was trying to be all cryptic at the beginning of the episode, um, but that's it. So, um, and you I'm sure I'm not going to talk about that on this episode necessarily, but that we'll, we'll send out a bunch of information about, um, that community. If you're listening to this in the first week, it comes out, we should have the community launched in the next week or two. And if you're listening to this in the future, you can go check out just Google drone launch connect. Hopefully something comes up, um, for us at that point, depending on how quickly SEO stuff kicks in. But, um, but yeah, that's going to be the community unless we decide to change the name to something else, but as of now, that's the name. Um, so I'm pumped to pumped to have you on for that. Um, so we can keep, we can keep chatting. I want to, I want to get a little bit more advice from you from people since you have good experience kind of in mapping, doing some drone, like cinematography stuff and, um, FPV work. Um, if you were going to only be able to do one of those going forward, um, work-wise, like which would you pick? from a money perspective and then which would you pick just from an enjoyment perspective? Uh, that's, I think that's pretty easy. I think the money perspective, I think it's there in mapping. There's no, no doubt about it. I think that's one of the things that I really want to focus on too, is how to get more of just a streamline in that more comfortable in it. But also I think kind of once you get really a lot of experience and kind of a name built for yourself, it would just be a little bit more consistent revenue, but also, um, you know, it wouldn't take necessarily as much work on the back end once you got going. Uh, yep. I love, I love doing mapping jobs, man. I love getting out and sitting there and just watching the drone up in the air. You know, it's just one of those things that's just, it's just kind of amazing to me to, it's amazing that I get paid to do it sometimes. I mean, yes, but just to sit there and just kind of, it's just such a cool experience. Um, yeah. You know, so I have a good time doing it. And I think that, you know, if it was for the money, that would probably be where my main focus would be right now. Um, All right. For what I enjoy, there's no doubt. I enjoy the, the FPV stuff, man. It's, it's, Dude, I feel like I nailed this. I'd, I'd said this in my head. I'm like, he's going to go mapping. He's gonna say <laughs> FPV. Yeah. I just, I just like, it's one of those things you can constantly push yourself on. You know, you see guys do these, these things on, on Instagram or, or on YouTube. And it's now kind of a challenge to, to figure out how they did that, whether it be go spend hours on a simulator or go out and smash a drone to the ground a couple of times, figure it out. So, uh, I was going to say, how many times did have you crashed an FPV drone trying to trying to learn this stuff? Man. Um, it's, it's probably gotta be push, pushing triple digits. I would imagine. Oh, really? But you're yeah, not like breaking the drone every time, right? You're just like not every time. No, it's uh, I mean, but every drone that I've got, I've rebuilt at least once or twice. I mean, they're oh, really, but again, they, they're pretty easy to rebuild once you get into it. Um, yeah, you know, I lost one this past week, first one I've ever lost and not been able to find. And the, mm. the most frustrating part was it's right here behind the house, and uh, mm. drove around on the side by side looking for two days straight, kind of whenever I had a chance, and then. Found it yesterday, right after I ran over it. Um, <laughs> but it was about twenty feet away from the house too. Oh really? <laughs> well, fortunately, it just busted the battery, and it's fine. I mean, it's oh, okay. Yeah, but um, real real quick, uh, FPV stuff's not my forte, but I think it's really cool. And for those people that are like interested in that, um, if you're going to get started doing some FPV stuff, right? Like, I want a simple FPV drone to build. I mean, you can just go buy the. DJI FPV drone, whatever they have. Yeah. But let's say you're, and I know maybe those aren't like, I don't, I don't know how real FPV those are. I know, I know those are FPV drones, but I think they like dummy proof them a little bit to where you don't like, you know, yeah. they're easier to fly. I think I, I haven't flown one yet, but, um, but if you were going to like go out and do FPV from scratch, um, and if you, sorry, if we've been saying FPV and you're like, what in the world are we talking about? It stands for first person view. Think like drone racing, like the drones that can mm -hmm. zip around and do all the crazy moves. Uh, what would someone like, what would you get? Or what did you get when you first started like 
kit wise? Is there like certain like brand or certain types or what kind of stuff do people need to get started if they want to like build an easy one and, and get going with it? Sure. Um, yeah. And there's tons of, tons of resources out there for this. Um, you know, if I was just going to get into it and what I'd recommend to anybody to do on this, uh, you've kind of got a couple of different options. It would be one, just buy a transmitter, buy a remote, spend some money on one. If you think you might want to get into it, that can be your first investment, then spend 10, $15 on a simulator and, uh, kind of get the feel for it of what it's like on just on the, your computer first, you know, and then, how much is a um, controller or like the transmitter? You know, you can get one that's decent from 100 to 200 bucks. Okay. Um, you know, so you could just have $200 invested into it and decide that's not for me and then and probably get your money back out of it. Uh, you know, another option would be, I think it's, I think it's called Emacs. They have a tiny hawk or a baby hawk or something. And it actually comes with a, uh, kind of a, a cheaper receiver, a smaller drone and, uh, and goggles, everything that you need to kind of get started right there. So, uh, you know, if you wanted to get in and actually just jump right head first into it, I think that's probably two or $300. You could do that. Um, oh, wow. you know, so what I did though, I wanted to be the guy that I knew I was going to crash him. I knew that I wanted to, to get it figured out. So I just, the first, I bought a, what's called a shin drone squirt and it's just a, it's a center whoop. So it's a little three inch ducted drone. And, uh, you know, learning all the different components and and how to solder them to make them work, then plugging them into the computer and making the propeller spin the right direction. Uh, you know, all that's kind of challenging, but it's so you have to like solder it to like you have to kind of like put it together yourself and solder wires and all that. Yeah, yeah. So, and I think you know with the F, with the DJI FPV, I think it's it's a cool drone. I haven't flown one. Um, you know, I think out of the box they do come somewhat kind of protected, so you're not going to do yeah. something crazy. But I do know that you can, I think, disable all that to get it to do some of the uh, some of the okay. FPV stuff. But oh, good. That being said, though, if you crash that drone, you know, I'm sure I don't know what they're at. They're at least a thousand dollars right now. Um, yeah. You know, versus my FPV drone, like the one I ran over yesterday, it's uh, probably with every all the components minus the GoPro, it's probably about a three hundred, three hundred dollars, fifty dollars camera. But um, you know, you can typically repair one after a crash for less than fifty bucks. Gotcha. Uh, the benefit to having them being so kind of modular, I guess, but being able to like solder and put them together is you end up crashing a lot. So it's easier to kind of mm -hmm. piecemeal the repair yourself instead of having it like, yeah. As and you have motors go out and you have things fell on you for no reason. You never figure it out either. So you just buy a new one and solder it on. Gotcha. So it's kind of nice to have them kind of all cart to where you can <laughs> yeah. replace little pieces of it. That's cool. Yeah. Dude, I, yeah, I just I love watching the FPV videos too. I mean, I, there's the cool like aerobatic stuff, but even some of like the uh, people will like explore with FPV drones. Like, mm -hmm. let's say you can't get into like a certain place. I saw some guy do like an abandoned theme park somewhere. I don't remember where it was, but he's just like obviously he couldn't like walk in there because there's fences and stuff. But he's like, let's go check it out. So he threw on his goggles and yeah. it, the FPV drone. And he's like looking around different places. Like, oh, let's go downstairs here. He like brought it back, attached a flashlight to it went back out and like went in this like creepy underground thing to look around. Um, yeah. I guess the negative would be if you crashed it, you just, the whole thing's gone. But, uh, yeah, but yeah, anyway, I mean, so that's an really, awesome really experience. Yeah. Um, I, yeah, I, I want to get into it at some point. I keep telling myself, Oh, I'll get one and, you know, mess around with it. And then end up getting sucked into a thousand other things, you know, how it goes. Um, and it's time uh, consuming like anything else. I mean, it's, a uh, yeah, you know, well, it's rare that I have all my drones flying. You know, there's typically one that needs to be repaired. So, <laughs> yeah. Well, whenever I get you to Florida, um, I'll get you to bring some FPV drones down. We'll, Absolutely. We'll get I'll get you to teach me. We can uh, whip around down here with some. Absolutely, man. Cool. Man. Well, I don't want to take up more of your time, and I know everybody's been listening for a while. But um, thanks for coming on, Dusty. Uh, yeah, thank you for having me, and everybody. Dusty Jolly, like I said, our new community manager. Um, you've gotten to hear a little bit of his background and story. Um, I just love that you just have such a good, well-rounded kind of like you've been in sales in two different industries. Now you're in drones and you've done stuff in mapping. You've done stuff on the cinematography side. You've done stuff in FPV. You're kind of like the all-around drone player, you know, so um, I'm pumped to have you on our team and uh, glad you were able to come on the podcast um, to be our first guest and uh, just excited to see where we can go with the community. We've been wanting to build something like this for a while. We kept getting people to ask, hey, you guys have like a drone launch community? I'm like, uh, not really. We have like an email list. We don't do like events. So I'm really excited about this community and everybody coming together and 
uh, building relationships and hopefully, um, you know, doing stuff together online, maybe in person. We'll have to see. Um, so, uh, but yeah, I'm excited, excited for it. So you're in charge of it and I'm uh, pumped to be a part of it. Yeah, man, I'm excited about it as well. I think it's going to be, uh, things for me, just a great place for pilots to meet and connect. Yeah, that's the goal. Um, if people want to know more about you, or uh, I guess they could look on our website, but if they want to know about more about you, you like your businesses or stuff you got going on or whatever, what's the best way for people to either uh, find out more? I know you can; they can email you at dusty at dronelaunchacademy.com, D-U-S-T-Y. Um, but do you have any other stuff like drone business-wise where they could go look at stuff or, or find uh, more about you? Or no, you that's another thing I've been fortunate is I haven't had to really – everything's been pretty good word of mouth right now. So, uh, you can find me on Instagram. I think it's underscore D underscore jolly. That's J O L L E Y. Um, a lot of that's just kind of few FPV videos and that's pictures of my kids. Um, then I'm going okay. to find me on Facebook, but I don't post a whole lot there. So, uh, you know, and then soon, uh, you can find me on drone launch connect. That's right. Yeah. I'll just send everybody a drone launch connect. Like just, just go to the community. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, cool awesome man well thanks for coming on and everybody thanks for listening and uh we're excited to uh see where the community goes and uh and yeah and go from there awesome thank you see you dusty all right i hope you enjoyed that interview with dusty jolly our newest team member uh and if you heard briefly in that episode we talked about our newest thing that we're going to be doing at drone launch academy which is a community called drone launch connect now if you're listening to this podcast when it's first coming out we will probably not have released the community just yet uh i think we're planning on launching it a week or two after this podcast airs so if you're listening to this in the future the community should be out you can just search for drone launch connect and hopefully find it we're really excited about this community it's going to be a place where you can connect and network with other drone pilots learn from other people get feedback get the chance to interact with drone experts from around the industry in different niches uh, drone attorneys successful drone business owners and you can actually ask them your questions we can pull you up on screen you can talk to them one-on-one -on -one. Uh, it's gonna be a lot of great access Plus, we're going to get you discounts for drones, drone accessories, um, different uh, places on the internet where you would need to buy stuff for your drone business or for flying drones uh, commercially. So basically, we can negotiate a lot stronger if we say, hey, we've got thousands of people uh, that want to buy and we need just some discounts from you. And so they say, OK, cool. So they hook us up with a discount for our community. So we're aggressively working more and more to get to get more and more vendors in there to give you guys discounts on stuff. So it's going to be a great place to learn, to network, to grow, to save some money, hopefully. Um, so I'm really excited about that and all that that is going to be. And Dusty is a great fit to lead that community. He's awesome, humble guy from probably what you have heard. Super nice, just fun to hang around. So I'm excited that he is there to lead the charge. All right, just one more reminder. If you want some free stuff, play that two truths and a lie game. You can win some swag or a course or uh, some time with me and Dusty. So click that link, play that game, um, get involved. Thank you so much for listening. And we'll be back next week with another episode of Drone to 1K.